the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Sacrifice is an event. In the case of the Old Testament, they took an animal and slaughtered it. That's an event. That's the sacrifice. Sanctification is not an event. It's a process. It's over a long period of time. A walk with God is a lifetime. So that sums up your testimony, doesn't it? The sacrifice at Calvary through Jesus Christ, your Lord. He died for your sins on your behalf. That's the event. But then a walk with God through sanctification, that's the rest of your Christian life after the event. The psalmist wrote, The Lord is near to all who call upon Him, to all who call upon Him in truth. Today on Connect with Skip Heitzig, Skip examines what it takes to approach God with confidence and truly rest in His presence. But before we begin, we want to let you know how you can dive deeper in your Bible study with this great resource we're offering. God's Word is His love letter to you. Each page reveals His character and wisdom so you can grow closer to Him and live out His plans for your life. We want to help you do that by sending you Skip Heitzig's overview of the Bible, the Bible from 30,000 feet. You'll learn the major themes, principles, people, and events from every book of the Bible as you spend one year flying over Genesis through Revelation. The Bible from 30,000 feet is a practical way to increase your knowledge of God's Word. And along the way, you'll discover how God calls to you from throughout the overarching story of Scripture and how you can apply His truth to your life every day. We'll send you your copy of this engaging resource when you give a generous donation of $35 or more today to help keep these teachings on the air, connecting you and others to God's Word. So call now to give 800-922-1888 or give online securely at connectwithskip.com slash offer. Okay, we're in the book of Leviticus today as we get into the teaching with Skip Heisen. I'm guessing that if you ask the average Christian what's your favorite book in the Bible, they're not going to say Leviticus. Um, so, so let's just take a quick random poll, if you don't mind. How many of you, your favorite book in the Bible is the book of Psalms? I want to see hands. Hands raised up. Psalms, your favorite book? Okay, uh, let's say the Gospel of John. Gospel of John. Wow, a lot of them. Ephesians? Um, Romans? Wow. Some of you are like voting three or four times. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, Leviticus. Yeah, see what I mean? So it's just not, um, there's probably not a lot of underlines and yellow highlights um, in the book of Leviticus in your Bible, if you do that to your Bible. I'm guessing your life verse is probably not found in the book of Leviticus. In fact, I would say the book of Leviticus is sort of like the graveyard of good intentions. What I mean by that is we make a New Year's resolution this year. I'm going to read through the Bible. We make it through Genesis. That's awesome. Cool stories. Um, Exodus, again, miraculous stories. Then you get to Leviticus and you start slowing down. Or you just sort of push the pause button all together and go, well, maybe next year I'll chug my way through this thing. The Bible does say, however... All Scripture 
is given by inspiration of God and is profitable. So that means this book, because it's part of the scripture, is part of that promise. Little known fact, the ancient Jews began training their children in the law of God by using the book of Leviticus. So a child began his study of the scripture, not in Genesis, not in Psalms, certainly not in the New Testament, it wasn't around, but it was in the book of Leviticus. Now why is that? Well, there's a commentary uh, called the Midrash, Jewish comments on the Old Testament, and it says in that uh, set of books, children are pure and the sacrifices are pure. So let those who are pure come and occupy themselves with pure things. They just believed that this was sort of like the, the hub, the center of their, of their life, their community life, their spiritual life, the laws that are given in this book. Um, something else you should know, the New Testament quotes the book of Leviticus more than 100 times. So this is part of the all scripture that is profitable. I contend that you will not be able to understand the book of Hebrews unless you at least have a working knowledge of the book of Leviticus. The book of Hebrews opens God, who at different times and in different ways spoke to our fathers through the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son. The things that God spoke in the past that that book occupies itself with, the book of Hebrews, primarily are the sacrifices and the analogies that are found in the book of Leviticus. Now, as you open the book of Leviticus, and again, we're we're just soaring over this. We'll bend the plane down to a scripture here and there and look at it and get a little closer a couple of times. But um, they are camped in the wilderness. As you open this book, it's a wilderness setting. In fact, they are in front of a mountain called Mount Sinai. It's in the middle of the wilderness. I have been there once in my life. I had the opportunity of climbing it up to the top and back. Jabal Musa, the Arabs call that mountain. So they're camped before this mountain, and the book opens and closes at the same geographical point. They begin the beginning of Leviticus, the end of Leviticus. It's all instruction that God gives while they are camped at the foot of Mount Sinai. They're there for about a month, and during that time they're going to school as God instructs them. Now, let's divide the book up. I'm going to cut it into two sections. Chapters 1 through 17, section 1. Chapters 18 through 27, section 2. The first 17 chapters are about the way to God through sacrifice. That's the key word in those 17 chapters, sacrifice. The way to God through sacrifice. Beginning in chapters 18 all the way to chapters 27, it's a walk with God through sanctification. Don't worry, I'm going to explain what that means in a little bit. So, the way to God through sacrifice, and then a walk with God through sanctification. So those two words, you could say, if you wanted a nutshell version of this book, those two words sum it up, sacrifice and sanctification. Sacrifice is an event. 
In the case of the Old Testament, they took an animal and slaughtered it. That's an event. That's the sacrifice. Sanctification is not an event. It's a process. It's over a long period of time. A walk with God is a lifetime. So that sums up your testimony, doesn't it? The sacrifice at Calvary through Jesus Christ, your Lord. He died for your sins on your behalf. That's the event. But then a walk with God through sanctification, that's the rest of your Christian life after the event. Now we discover in the book of Leviticus that the major issue is how to get close to God and how to stay close to God. Now I think everybody would agree that God is good, right? We say that God is good all the time. And we would say, you know, it's good to be in the presence of the Lord, right? That's what we say. Now we've been in the presence of the Lord tonight. It is good to be in the presence of God. Can you say that? It is good to be in the presence of God. However, it's also dangerous to be in the presence of God. We discover that in the book of Leviticus. We kind of in the New Testament take for granted what it takes to get us into God's presence. So we just think, oh, we're here. Gee, I know Jesus died on a cross. It's good to be in God's presence. We, uh, we open the Old Testament and we discover it's good, but it's also very dangerous. We're going to see how dangerous. Animals are killed to get people into God's presence. Blood is shed for that to happen. A high priest represents the rest of the nation and he approaches very, very carefully the presence of God lest he himself is killed. So I heard an analogy the last couple weeks that really helped me. It's sort of like the sun. Uh, I think all of us would say the sun is good. That's why we live here. You know, we like sunshine. We live in the great southwest, copious sunshine uh, most most year round. It is good, but if you get too close to the blazing glory of the sun you will die. In fact, if you get within three million miles of the sun, uh, the temperature, the ambient air temperature will be 248 degrees. You will die. You will burn up. So it's sort of like that with God. God's pure holiness is awesome, but you get too close to that, you can't handle it. Moses said, show me your glory. Remember that last time? God said, you know what, Mo? You'll die if you behold my full, unfiltered, undiminished glory. I'm going to pass by, guard you with my hand, and at the appropriate moment as I pass by, I'm going to let you see the afterglow, and that's about all you can handle. So we can't behold him face to face, yet we're not equipped to do so. One day we will be, and we will have that privilege. So Leviticus provides the solution to that. What's the solution? You need sacrifices. You need somebody offering the sacrifices, in this case a priesthood, and then you need purity laws so that the nation can stay close to God's presence. Now, just another note, Leviticus speaks more about holiness than any other book in the Bible. The word holy, the word blood, the word priest, and the word sacrifice, those four words are repeated in this book more than any other book in the entire Bible. One of the key themes is the word I just mentioned, blood. Blood will be mentioned in this book alone 88 times. 
Now, there's a key lesson there. When you see blood in the case of Leviticus, animals who shed their blood, it is meant to teach us a lesson. It was meant to teach them a lesson. lesson. What's the lesson? Sin is awful. That's what sin does. It, It is destructive. It destroys life. The wages of sin is death. So sin makes a bloody mess of things. And that's what we notice when we see the sacrifices. Blood must be shed. A victim must be slain to atone for sin. Now, the people will bring the offerings in the book of Leviticus. The priest will take the offerings and will slaughter and make the sacrifice for the people. So the priest's business is the business of the tabernacle. Now, a quick note, if you want to serve as a priest... You can't just say, you know, I, I, I feel called to the priesthood. I'd, I'd like to be a priest. You have to have the right genes. You have to have Levi genes, right? And, and I mean G-E-N-E-S, the right genetic makeup. You have to be of that tribe and of that lineage. So you have to have Levitical genes. Hence, Leviticus means pertaining to the Levites. Chapters 1 through 7 give us laws of personal proximity. If you're taking notes, write that down. Laws of personal proximity. What do I mean by that? These seven chapters answer the question, how can I get close to God? How can I come into God's presence? Answer, only by sacrifice. Now the sacrifices that are mentioned in the first seven chapters, some of the sacrifices are in effect the people saying, Um, I'm sorry, God, I've sinned. Please forgive me. Other sacrifices are saying, thank you, God. You're awesome. I just wanted to tell you that and give you this. They're voluntary and not compulsory. In verse 1 of the book, it says, Now the Lord called to Moses and spoke to him from the tabernacle of meeting, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When any one of you brings an offering to the Lord, you shall bring your offering of the livestock, of the herd, and of the flock. If his offering is a burnt sacrifice of the herd, let him offer a male without blemish. He shall offer it of his own free will at the door of the tabernacle of meeting before the Lord. Then he will put his hand on the head of the burnt offering, and it will be accepted on his behalf to make atonement for him. He shall kill the bull before the Lord, and the priests, Aaron's sons, shall bring the blood and sprinkle the blood all around on the altar, that is, by the door of the tabernacle of meeting. What's going on here? Well, man has a huge problem. And that is, if, if mankind wants to get close to God who is holy, wants to hang out with God, he has to deal with an issue. What's the issue? Sin. So we have, an, we have a sin problem. We are all S-I-N positive. We're born that way. It's part of our genetic makeup. We were born fallen because of what Adam has done. But then we ourselves, we do things that are disobedient to God as well. So that has to be taken care of. Sin is the great divider. 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 
So we have to admit it. We have to confess it. And the word confess means that we agree with God. We, we agree with God about sin. We say the same thing about it as God says about it. It's funny how uh, some people will, will pray you know, without kind of admitting that they're sinners. It's like, well, God, um, if I have sinned, would you please forgive me? Stop right there, buddy. If you're not quite sure about it, why are you even praying about it? You see, if, if you try to hide it, the Bible says you will not prosper. If you confess and forsake your sin, you will find mercy. So we should call sin what God calls sin. Okay, so I'm kind of big about this. I've noticed that over the years the church sort of likes to soft-pedal things and say things differently and, you know, don't use that word. People are offended by the word sin. Good, be offended by it. Be so offended that you hate it like God hates it and you want to forsake it like God wants you to forsake it. So we need to confess our sin. You know, if we call it something differently, it does no one any good. If you take a bottle of poison and you decide to relabel it like, I don't know, wintergreen mouthwash, is that helpful? No, that's harmful. In fact, the more you dress up the label, the more dangerous the contents become. We need to label it what it is, that it's poisonous, that it's harmful. So the first seven chapters are all about fixing that. Without the shedding of blood, Hebrews 9 tells us, referring to Leviticus, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission for sin. So, if you were to go to the tabernacle back then on any given day, you know what it would look like to you? A slaughterhouse, like a meatpacking company, like a carniceria, right? <laughs> It's like animals being butchered and blood being let and cotton basins and removed and more animals being slain. It was like a slaughterhouse. Enormous amounts of blood. This bothers some people. They say, you know, the Bible is sort of a bloody thing and Christianity is a bloody religion. You bet your sweet bippy it is. <laughs> Boy, that's an old term. That's like the 1960s or 70s. <laughs> So listen, blood circulates throughout the book of Leviticus, and did you know that blood is circulating throughout the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation? And scholars have noted this as the scarlet thread of redemption. It's woven through all the different books of the Bible, and it leads right to Calvary, right to the cross of Jesus Christ. Now offering, the word offering, and the word sacrifice... Those two words appear 192 times in the book of Leviticus. Why? Because where sin exists, there must be a payment. And the payment that God accepts is blood. So the blood of animals was used to cover sin in those days. Think of it this way. The essence of a sacrifice was like a a drama, a stage drama. And when somebody would bring an animal and blood would be spilled and the animal would be killed and offered up, everybody saw that. So the sacrifices expressed truths visually 
rather than verbally. I'm expressing verbal truths tonight. It would be quite different if I had a little animal that you could hear it bleat and I slit its throat in front of you. See, just me saying that makes you grossed out. So the Old Testament sacrifice was that drama played out. It was like ancient television, only they saw it. It happened in front of them. Now what does this tell us? Leviticus, and you start going through these sacrifices, you discover the fallacy of the idea that people have about religion. They say, well, you know, all religions are basically the same. And all religions lead to God. And we discover as we go just through the book of Leviticus that that ain't so. That it's very narrow. And that God is very exclusive. If you want to hang out in God's presence, you have to bring an animal that will be killed and that blood will be shed. These sacrifices, by the way, are not just reparatory, that is to repair things, to fix the problem of sin. They're also anticipatory. That is, the sacrifices speak of better things. That's what Hebrews said. Hebrews says, the sacrifices of Leviticus speak of a better sacrifice, a better high priest, a better altar. In other words, they're fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's why Jesus said to the Pharisees, if you would have believed Moses, you would believe me, for Moses wrote about me. Which begs the question, well, where did Moses write about you? Well, Leviticus is one of them. Blood that is shed, a lamb that is slain, an innocent victim in the place of the people who have sinned. And I always have wished that Luke chapter 24 would be expanded. You know, the road to Emmaus when Jesus walks alongside those guys incognito. They don't know it's Jesus. And he sa- it says that beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the things concerning himself. I'm sure he opened their Jewish eyes to the meaning of the Levitical sacrifice as part of that discourse. So chapters 1 through 7 are the laws of personal proximity. Five offerings are given. Five offerings. Burnt offering, grain offering, the peace offering, a sin offering, and the trespass offering. Those five offerings. The first three, when they're made, God says, that's a sweet-smelling aroma to me. I like the smell of that. I do too, by the way. When somebody takes meat and puts it on a fire and grills it, like barbecue lamb, I love that. God is saying, I love it too, but for different reasons. You like the barbecue smell. I love the idea that you're doing it to worship me. My heart is glad that you come to worship me. So the first three, the burnt, the grain, and the peace offering, are called a sweet aroma to the Lord. They're optional. You don't have to bring them. They're not obligatory. They're optional. The last two, the sin offering and the trespass, are reversed. They are obligatory. Um, They're not discretionary. You have to do it. Why? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And so to fix the sin problem, and by the way, a sin is different than a trespass. Everybody sins because they fall short of the mark, but then there's the trespass, which is crossing the line deliberately. Like, don't cross the line. Okay. So that's a trespass. I know I shouldn't do it, but I do it anyway. That had to be paid for. 
That wraps up Skip Heitzig's message for you today from the series The Bible from 30,000 Feet. Right now, here's Skip to tell you how your support helps keep these messages coming your way and connects more people to biblical truth. The Apostle Paul said that all Scripture is God-breathed, meaning God inspired it and wants us to understand it even in today's day and age. That's why I teach line upon line through every book of the Bible. And that's why this radio program exists, to share biblical teachings with friends like you across the country and around the world. You can help further that mission by sharing your gift today. Here's how to do that. Visit connectwithskip.com slash donate to give your gift today. That's connectwithskip.com slash donate. Or call 800-922-1888. Again, that's 800-922-1888. Now, do you want to grow in your knowledge of God's Word? We want to tell you about a program where you can do just that. Take your knowledge of Scripture to a whole new level with online classes from Veritas International University. Featuring curriculum from The Bible from 30,000 Feet, the renowned book and teaching series by Dr. Skip Heisick of Calvary Church. Learn more about the Bible on your schedule and work toward a certificate or fully accredited degree that will impact your spiritual life for the rest of your life. For a complete list of classes and to enroll, visit calvaryabq.college. That's calvaryabq.college. Coming up tomorrow, Skip Heitzig looks at how the sacrificial laws in the Old Testament shed light on the sacrifice Jesus made for us. You'll be blown away by what you learn about God's never-stopping love. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ is called our great high priest. Our great high priest. Here's what's interesting. Jesus is both the sacrifice as well as the one who offers the sacrifice. Because he offered himself. So he is the sacrificial lamb, and he is the high priest who offers the lamb. Behold, the lamb of God, John said, who takes away the sin of the world. Make a connection. Make a connection at the foot of the cross. with Skip Heitzig is a presentation of Connection Communications, connecting you to God's never-changing truth in ever-changing times.